brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Good morning. Thanks for listening. It's Jenny Chase with iHeartRadio. We're going to talk about February being American Heart Month and what my fellow ladies really need to know. And we're going to start off with Dr. Jason Singh, a primary care doctor with Kaiser Permanente. Dr. Singh, you know a lot about women's cardiovascular issues, correct? Absolutely. This is a very common conversation we have in the primary care setting. So certainly in my wheelhouse. It's very serious because the number one cause of mortality in women is cardiovascular disease. It claims more lives of women than all forms of cancer combined. That is a, that. That's that's a very startling number. It's <laughs> staggering. And you guys recently noticed a decline in awareness. What's, what's going on with that? Yeah, this was recently uh, noted by the American Heart Association in a study that there's been a decline in the awareness of this threat. Too many women, particularly our youngest, most diverse women, are just unaware of the greatest threat. Um, and so I think we have an opportunity here between uh, the various campaigns of American Heart Association and Kaiser Permanente to promote heart health in all women to bring awareness. And we know this disproportionately affects women of color. It's right. one in two black and Hispanic adults. So certainly numbers that we need to work on. I, I'm seeing here that uh, research is showing that heart attacks are on the rise in younger women. Why do you think that is? I think it's one of two things. One, it's awareness. Um, we're, we're, we're not having enough awareness out there um, to recognize what are the signs and symptoms of heart disease, uh, heart attacks, stroke, um, but also um, stress. We know stress has been also on the rise primarily because of the pandemic. Right. And stress is an important part of both mental and physical health, which right. can translate to uh, the risk of cardiac disease. Well, and plus, too, you know, I think over all age groups of women, we have put our health on the back burner while dealing with the pandemic. Everything else has just kind of slid to the wayside because we're so focused on keeping ourselves safe from the virus, keeping our families safe. You know, I think we just are kind of like, oh, I'll get to that later. You're absolutely right. The pandemic completely reshuffled our priorities. And it, it's all about getting back to normal, which starts with resetting our patterns of um healthy heart habits. Dr. Singh, what does it mean to know your numbers when it comes to your heart? Yeah, so I always say that there's, if there are three numbers to know that women should know, it's their cholesterol, sugar, and blood pressure because these are risk factors to heart disease. Okay. Uh, when it comes to cholesterol, we know an abnormal high amount can create plaque buildup in our arteries, which can lead to heart attacks and stroke. Um, and it's important to know what the normal range is and where you stand within that normal range and know how to identify 
what strategies we can do to help lower things. So your total cholesterol, your sugar and blood pressure. How else can women fight heart disease? Uh, a couple things. Uh, number one, addressing mental health. Uh, I know we sort of touched on the stressors navigating yeah. these past two years with, with the pandemic has really brought to light uh, prioritizing mental health again. And we know stress can affect heart. So in my practice with my patients, I... I tell them to tell them to focus on a positive mindset because it's interesting. A, a recent study had shown people with high levels of optimism had a 35% decreased risk of cardiovascular disease. So really, that that the, the mental health really connects to the heart. Um, and then, of course, the cornerstone to heart healthy habits is a balance of exercise, activity, and nutrition, and that's something we can do at home. Uh, I, I know it may seem like a heavy lift or, or feel overwhelming at first. And so the key is really to develop a routine, and that starts with scheduling the appointments that you need and then make the small, incremental, measurable changes to get your health back on track. And we gals should be checking our blood pressure at home, right? Absolutely. We know blood pressure is a great risk for heart disease. And so tracking your blood pressure, knowing your numbers there, um, that the normal range is 120 over 80 systolic over diastolic um, is an important way to track your health. All right, Dr. Singh, one more question. Can you tell us the signs and symptoms of something being wrong with your heart? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, generally with heart attack, it, it may present as a pressure or tightness along the chest or arm that spreads to your neck, jaw, or back. And, and some folks may even have nausea, shortness of breath, uh, cold sweat, or even uh, sudden dizziness with it. Now, when it comes to a stroke, these may present as a sudden numbness or weakness in the face, arm, or leg especially one side of the body. Um, so folks may also have trouble walking, um, also may get confused, trouble speaking, or understanding speech. And so if you haven't done so already, this is a really good opportunity to learn the basics of hands-only CPR, um, especially if you have a family member or a close person with known heart disease. We know that each year, more than 350,000 cardiac arrests occur outside of the hospital. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. at home yeah, and only 10% of them survive. So uh, I think we can help change these numbers, honestly. Um, and hands-only CPR is very easy to learn. You call 911 when someone suddenly collapses, and then you push hard and fast in the center of their chest to the beat of a familiar song that's about 100 to 120 beats per minute. So I like the disco song, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. That's, oh, that's perfect for this. Great one. Everybody knows that song. Oh, and real quick, signs and symptoms can differ between men and women, right? That's right. Uh, you know, it, it, with women, it might not be exactly textbook. And so some other symptoms you may want to consider is indigestion and heartburn. That can okay. also uh, develop a vague sort of chest discomfort. Okay. Dr. Jason Singh with Kaiser Permanente. A lot of good information you just laid on us. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks for what you do. Hey, I appreciate you. And now we're going to talk to a woman who has an incredible, an unbelievable story about all the things she has been through with her heart. Gail Harris-Berry, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. You have a miraculous story. Um, I I could not believe when I read on my notes what you had been through when it came to your own cardiovascular situation. Um, do you mind sharing your story with us? Not at all. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. Of course. It's good to be able to share my story um, if it's going to help save some lives. So um, at age 46, uh, I suffered my first episodes of heart disease. Didn't realize what it was at the time. I had gone um, to the hospital because I was feeling something, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. So I uh, went in and 
explain this to them. And they were like, oh, there's nothing wrong. We ran different tests, and which they did. Um, and I left, but I wasn't feeling any better. Mm. Um, fast forward, I went five times, turned away from two different hospitals in the Washington, D.C. area. Man. And on my fifth trip, I just refused to leave because I, I was getting worse as it went along. I sat there in the waiting room from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And nobody would do anything because they said, we've seen you before. We run all the tests. There's nothing else we can do. And so I was like, but I'm still not leaving. Fortunately, they were changing shifts that evening. Mm-hmm. And one of the cardiologists who had seen me on a prior trip recognized me. And he looked at me and he said, "Miss Harrisbury, I said, yeah. He said, what happened to you? Because I was looking so haggard and tired. I could barely put one foot in front of it. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 was just, I just couldn't do anything. And so he said, we have run all the tests on you. He said, but the only thing I can do then is a cardio cast. I didn't know the lingo at the time. Right. But I said, well, whatever it is, I want it. So they took me up to the cath lab. And all of a sudden, while I was under, I could hear them talking. They're like, oh, my God, hurry now, come. And so when they were willing me to recovery on the gurney, I said, I could hear everything that you said. What was it? And the nurse that was assisting, she said, she stopped my gurney. She said, thank God you listened to your body and not to us. You had a 90% blockage and they would have killed you. So fast forward, I've had, I'm a five, now a five-time heart survivor. I've gone in for absorbatory cath uh, in 2011, went in for the absorbatory cath. They released me, said, go home, take it easy the rest of the day, and you should be fine. Well, unfortunately, I bled out from that. Didn't know that I was bleeding internally. And so the next morning I was feeling some pain and they had told me just take some Tylenol if I felt pain. So I did that, laid back down. But when I woke up, the pain was even worse. So I called my doctor. He said, no, call 911. I called 911. By this time, I could feel that I was slipping away, that I was dying. Oh, my God. And I said to the paramedic, I said to the EMT, I said, I am going to die. And he said, what? I said it again. He put smelling salts under my nose, but it didn't revive me. By the time I got to the hospital, and it wasn't that far from my house, um, my blood pressure was down to about 59. And I wasn't <sighs> seeing then. I could only hear. And um, they were running through the hall. We need help. We need help. And I heard a voice come in and say, scalpel. And he cut immediately. And then from then, I went into a coma for three weeks. Oh, okay. Didn't know that I was going to live. Doctor said I wouldn't live. Told my family to call uh, everybody and to come and if they wanted to see me alive. So there was a parade of people around my bedside, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. And um, I had uh, seven blood transfusions, four surgeries. They had to clamp my aorta to force blood to my brain that if I survived, that I might not be brain damaged. So. Um, Again, as I said, that was in 2011, and thank God I'm still here to tell the story. Thank God Almighty. It was a long road to recovery, but still here. Then in 2017, I was at church. All of a sudden, I started feeling this tingling in my arm because I don't usually have atypical symptoms as it relates to heart disease. You know, women many times present differently than men. Exactly. Call 911. Got to the hospital. I had two stents. 2021, I was scheduled for just a stress test because I hadn't had one in a couple of years. 
Went in, took the test, got on this treadmill, did the treadmill with no issue. Then they put me, they said, wait 30 minutes. Then we take the, put you in the machine to take the pictures, like an MRI pretty much. Right. And um, they were taking the pictures of the heart. All of a sudden, again, I was like, I'm not, no, I'm not feeling pain. So I continued to lay there, and then it began to intensify. And I said to the tech, I said, oh, I'm starting to have pain. She got me up, took me back to the initial room where I was. She said, um, should I call the uh, cardiologist in? So he came in, and he says, oh, well, I, I don't uh, see anything changing your EKG. I said, look, I don't care what that EKG says. I'm telling you. I'm starting to have an issue here. The ambulance arrived. They took me to uh, Anne Arundel Medical Center. One of the cardiologists from the, my doctor's practice, he was there, and he met me right at the door, first person I saw. And he said, we're going to take you straight into the calf, check your stents. If the stents are not working, we're going to do surgery. Bottom line, my stents were not working, and he said, we're not going to re-stent. So you're going to have to have open-heart surgery. Wow. So I had a double bypass. But wow. again, I'm still here. You're still here. Thank God for those doctors. Gail, you do a lot of work for the American Heart Association. Tell us about the Go Red for Women campaign, please. So Go Red for Women is our major campaign, and we get the word out as it relates to um, heart disease in women. There was a period of time we didn't know the how women present different from men. Right. Clinical trials weren't even started on women, I believe, until 1979. So um, Go Red is our great campaign um, to get the word out. We know that heart disease affects African-American women at, at a greater rate and uh, mm -hmm. Hispanic women yeah. than the Caucasian. So all of those things we try to get out because we you have to realize why those particular sectors or cultures have a higher rate. And so we talk about our risk factors, what you can change, what you can't change, your diet, your exercise, your mental health, your stress. So all of those are part of that campaign that we try to get out to our women so that we can save lives. The American Heart Association is also promoting reclaiming your rhythm. Tell us about that movement as well, please. So since COVID, of course, um, we've seen a rise in deaths and that's because of in, in heart disease. And it wasn't COVID related, but it was that people had been afraid to go to the hospital and exactly. because of COVID. Exactly. And so that's how come now we're reclaiming our rhythm so that people can work on not only their physical health, but their mental health. Those are some of the things that we talk about and sharing recipes and get up and dance, move your body. Because exactly. the body was made to move, whether you're in a Zumba class or not, you can do it right here. I know since I've been working from home, I bought a treadmill, I bought a stationary bike and some kettlebells and things of that nature. Gail, I tell you, you are such an inspiration. I like, seriously, I have tears in my eyes just thinking about what all you've been through. I don't even know you, but God bless you and your bravery and your strength and your advocating for yourself and for other women. And right now, I wish I could just hug your neck so hard. <laughs> I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Amen. Ladies, for everything you need to know about keeping your heart health safe and to make a donation to the American Heart Association, just go to heart.org.